Hi, Karen. I cannot stress enough how this is the best moment of my entire week. Thank you very much for being here. Katie, I have said it before. I will say it again. You are luminous and it is so wonderful to see you and happy rebellious magazine anniversary Eve to you. Oh my gosh. Happy rebellious magazine anniversary Eve. It's tomorrow, March 8th. Oh my gosh. Okay. So for listeners who don't know how much of a colossal goddess badass you are, can you discuss just a, like not even, you don't even have to go uh, nothing short. I would love to, for you to go in great detail, but what was happening 10 years ago right now? So 10 years ago, March 4th, what is this? 2012. Good Lord. The lead up to rebellious magazines launch. Can you talk at all about like what was happening for you and what was like the impetus for to lead to like this beautiful thing that is now Rebellious Magazine for Women. Listeners, if you don't know what Rebellious Magazine for Women is, that is the reason why Karen and I know each other. I used to write for her. She was my editor. And then we became friends. And go look on rebelliousmagazine.com. Like for real, it's actually an amazing, amazing magazine. So go ahead. I would love to hear. Thank you. Thank you for saying all that. Thank you for indulging this anniversary moment. I really am. It's very surreal to that that was 10 years ago. But 10 years ago, I was in the process. I think I was in the process of leaving my job with the AP. Yeah. Okay. So I was an AP reporter. I was founding Rebellious. I had in January posted like a call for submissions for the first edition of Rebellious. And so I launched on March 8th because it was inter- because it's International Women's Day. Oh, right, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. That makes sense. Yes. So March is Women's History Month. It's International Women's Day. So at this point, I probably was sitting at my friend Aaron's kitchen table, watching him set up the website, freaking out. Uh, set it, he set it up on a Adobe product that they like don't even support anymore. We're on WordPress now. Oh my God. Um, and I probably was just filled with a lot of fear and hope and possibility. And it all just felt like this really revolutionary thing to start a magazine out of nowhere. And it's like, I'd never done anything like that before. I mean, I'm a reporter of course, of course, but like never done my, never started my own business before was very excited and had no idea how rocky the next 10 years would be. <laughs> I mean, I think that's just so colossally amazing. Like, did was there a moment where you were like, I want to be the founder of a magazine? Like, did it like that was, how did that come to you? Like that you were like, this is what I want to do. And I want to do it virtually. Like I want to do it online. I mean, you did have, or still do have many, many in-person events and that kind of stuff. But like, this is like the content is on the internet. Yes. Well, I say I never started a magazine before. The truth is though, I have a master's in magazine publishing and my whole master's degree is around how to start your own publication. Amazing. So I got that master's, but then I went to work for the AP, of course, which is the exact opposite of working in a magazine. And then I always knew I wanted to start a magazine. I just didn't know when I didn't know how I was going to do it. I always knew it wanted to be a feminist magazine, but I feel like I'm too emotionally even really be articulate about it, but please go read it. My new, my tagline right now, I think I've told you this before, Katie, like Rebellious Magazine for Women, the best feminist magazine you've never heard of. Oh, no, really? I mean, no, for real, though. We're 10 years old and people are constantly like, oh, Rebellious never heard of you. I'm like, I know. I know. I don't have a marketing budget. I get it. It doesn't reflect on anything in the magazine. Like the magazine should be Pulitzer Prize winning and it's, it's that good people like for real, like go online and f- check it out. I mean, what are some of the things that you're excited about right now with it? Now, this is not, this is not like an, I guess this is kind of turning into an impromptu me interviewing you about rebellious. We can move on if you want, but I would love to know, like, what are you excited about now going into your next 10 years? Next 10 years. I'm very excited about doing more healthcare coverage. Ooh. So we get a grant last year from the field foundation of Illinois. Thank you hmm. to cover sexual health and reproductive justice. And we were able to hire a fellow reporting fellow, shout out to you, Sam. We hired two editors, shout out to you, Jara and Princess. And amazing. just did a year of really wonderful, really inclusive, really culturally competent sexual health and reproductive justice reporting. And I'm really excited about continuing that. And then also taking that model 
and expanding it into other healthcare coverage. Like who's talking about women's health and what are they saying? It's a fucking disaster, right? Yeah. Like it's just yes. the worst. It's so insulting. And I just think there's a lot of opportunity there. So I'm excited about that. And of course, to continue, we do live music coverage and arts and culture coverage. We're doing film and TV right now, which is so good. Our film and TV reviews are so good. So yeah, I'm excited about everything we're doing. And I'm excited about maybe actually being able to have Rebellious be my whole ass job and not the thing I do on the side for my other giant full-time job. Hell yeah to that. I mean, you heard heard it here first, listeners. Like you're manifesting the shit out of that, Karen. And <laughs> why not? You've already done a decade of this. Like, why? I mean, like it could be very soon. You might be on the cusp of making this your full-time mm. job. That would be so exciting. And also all of that reporting sounds amazing. Thank you for doing all of that healthcare reporting. I mean, the discrepancies between like, I mean, this is me not knowing a ton, but like I do know enough to know that like the discrepancies between the diagnoses of male only health conditions and female only health conditions is a human rights violation in my opinion a thousand percent and there are things that we die or nearly die of because people don't listen to us yes it's the lack of research it's the lack of funding but it's also women saying something's not right here and people be like oh you're just being hysterical take a valium yes yes which is how we die in childbirth. Black women die more in childbirth than anybody else. Like all of these things are a direct result of sexism and how much people fucking hate women. Yes. So yeah, there's a lot there. There really is a lot there. I mean, I think about so many different things that women, like women's exclusively experience, like um, depression after childbirth and endometriosis and breast cancer and cervical cancer and all these different things that it's, you know, it's, it's, it's unconscionable that they are not more researched. Um, and there's no excuse for it other than sexism. And the fact that people of color have, like you say, like there are the discrepancies there are staggering. I don't think most people know actually that how, how bad they are. Like, I don't think that that's like common enough knowledge, frankly. Mm, I wonder, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I mean, I of course take it for granted that everybody knows that. And you know, I think the other piece of it is that those are all of those things are things that women experience, but not only women experience those things. I think that's yes. another conversation we don't have, right? Like not only women give birth, not only women have periods or right. Like I feel like there are so many conversations about gender and gender identity that we don't have and that people don't seek out healthcare because they know that they aren't going to be treated well, or that they're going to be misgendered, or that they have dysphoria and don't know how to talk about those parts of themselves that don't align to how they feel. Like, again, there's so much there. Who's talking about trans healthcare? Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, that is really exciting. I'm really, really excited for you to do more of this healthcare reporting and for me to read more of it and for more grants to be just flooding into rebellious. (laughs) more more money and if you want to uh if you're listening to this and you're like damn this sounds really worthwhile um yeah go go fund karen's rebellious magazine for women um go to rebelliousmagazine.com and drop a couple bucks because it goes to a good cause just putting that in there that is very kind katie thank you very much we are launching a crowdfunding campaign i haven't done it yet oh shit it's friday it will be launched by tuesday on the 8th though so there you go you can check it out rebelliousmagazine.com yet again. Um, so Karen, thank you for being willing to chat with me today. Listeners, this is nothing if not an honest podcast. And, um, I will say that when Karen and I got on the phone about an hour ago, hour and a half ago, um, I was not in a state to have a conversation and that's just real. And so like, I have been having a really rough day. And so it just felt like a pile on. I haven't been sleeping. I feel like every day, is just the same day because I just haven't been sleeping well. And so, um, yeah, I just, it's amazing though, because Karen, like you're such a good friend that you were talking to me and talking me through it. And we both talked about each other and how we're doing and all of that, like a normal friendship. And I think that sometimes I forget that I can fall apart in front of people and it's okay. And I really recommend others think about 
you can fall apart in front of people that you trust as well. That's what I have to say about that. That is so real. And I think I take for granted that like, I don't, what do I take for granted? I guess I take for granted that you'll just tell me everything. And I don't ever want you to feel weird about needing a minute or like not being up for it or just going through something. Like I get it. It can feel weird, but yeah, I just take for granted that you're just going to do it and then I can do it. Yeah, totally. I mean, I love that you take it for granted because it just shows the trust between us. And like, I know both of us also have other friends that we're able to go to in those situations. And it's like, I think that there's such, at least for me, like I sometimes just think that I have to do it all on my own. Like that I have to hold it in and, you know, kind of just power through soldier on. And like you said, like walk it off and not have feelings. Like you said this to me in a text earlier this, this week about like how it can be tough in that way sometimes. And I definitely feel that way. Like, I definitely feel like, especially in the workplace, like it's not okay to be a full human often. And, um, there's, I just don't think that that's okay anymore or ever, frankly, but like really not now because like, we're all going through shit and there's shit happening in the world. And like, all of us are feeling organisms. We're not productive machines. Like the minute that like companies can start understanding that and people frankly can understand that about their own people in their lives, like the better the world will be in my opinion. And I mean, I think it's one reason we started this podcast is that you and I can have these conversations and have real feelings and have actual dialogue about hard shit. And we recognize that not everybody does, not everybody can, not everybody values it. And yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. The, I think it, Tori sent me something or saw something on social media. Like if you tend to, if you're the kind of person who tends to isolate when you're going through a hard time, you probably had to deal with a lot of hard things by yourself when you were a kid. Mm. And it was like, oh, that was a punch in the gut. I didn't need today. Twitter. Thanks. That's a punch in the gut. Yeah. Thanks Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks mental health account on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) But that is real. That is real right there. I mean, that's something that I work on in therapy is like, kind of like calming your inner child and like, you know, kind of, I think that for me, I have all of these voices in my head of like what I actually feel. And then the shame or uncomfortableness of like, of those feelings. So there's feelings on top of the feelings and then there's feelings on top of the feelings on top of the feeling. It's just like this, like Russian nesting doll of bullshit. And so it's like, I I just want, I don't want it to be a Russian nesting doll. I want it to just be a doll and just be okay being the doll. This is also a weird analogy, but it makes sense to me. I'm dying. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if any of that made sense. It made a ton of sense. And now, of course, I'm thinking it can't be a Russian nesting doll. I know. I was just thinking that too. uh, Fucking hell. Um, Yeah. We're not going to go there. It's just way too depressing. So, yeah. I hear you. And I think we've talked about this before that the feeling is natural. The feeling is a reaction to some kind of stimuli. And then everything else that happens after that, the shame and all the other bullshit is conditioning and sexism and how fucking terrible. And oh my God, I hate it here. Yeah, that is so true. That is everything. It's like, that's, I remember having a coach a long time ago where like a it's kind of like a business coach, but really it was more of like an emotional coach, but basically she therapist person. Anyway, she would say like a feeling is a feeling, but everything else is thought and that's it. Like, Mm. and thought changes and there's impermanence to thought. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. That's just a thought. And like, she, I would tell her, I'd be like, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm so mad about this thing, or I'm so sad about this thing or whatever. And she's like, okay, that's, that's great that you feel that way. Um, but what happens after that feeling is that's thought it's like this guy named Michael Neal, which I know I'm not going to explain this for those of you who know who Michael Neal is. I don't actually know who that is really well, but he basically created this, this concept of these three principles around thought is a thought is a thought and like making it basically, that's not what his principles are exactly. But like, I, I don't actually know all of them perfectly, but like, I do know that it's like the idea is to just normalize that everyone has 
feelings. And then there are thoughts about your feelings. And those thoughts about your feelings can be the things that can be so damaging, not the feelings themselves. Right. Because the thoughts create other feelings on top of those feelings. Like you said, the nesting doll of bullshit. Yes. My new favorite t-shirt. So slogan. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I know. We, we can't say Russian nesting doll anymore. And the horror show of that, of, of that, of watching that, the helplessness of it. And this like rage I have that evil people have so much energy to be evil that even after everything we've gone through, everything we're doing, all of these fuckers are using the opportunity to kick us all while we're down. Yeah. I mean, we're in the middle two year two of the pandemic and like Putin's just going to bomb innocent people who are largely unarmed. Like what murder civilians in another country and fucking governor of Texas, the fucking governor of Florida. I just look around and it's just like, how, how do y'all have all of this energy left to still do terrible, terrible, terrible shit in the world? Like I just feel like I, it really, it's good motivation for me to like rest so that like I can support wonderful people who want to put wonderful things into the world. Yes. Cause all of us are fucking tired and they apparently just have like limitless stamina to be fucking terrible. That's horrible. I, I agree. It does. It does embolden me to support more people that are doing good stuff though. I totally agree with that. And that's such a good point. Today's episode of Of Course I'm Not Okay, the podcast is not brought to you by a bunch of brands who it should be sponsored by. Brand number one, Calm, Calm app. Tamara, love it. Yes, we're looking right at you. Uh, Karen and I are very loyal customers of Calm, and we have talked about you no less than probably 667 times. On this podcast, we love you. Please sponsor us ASAP. Thanks so much. Oh shit, that was so good. I can't think of another one. Okay, wait. Oh, I got another one. Number okay, two, okay. Toto. Toto heated toilet seats. I don't, I, Toto, you have some really nice toilets that I've seen at fancy hotels. I don't know if you have heated toilet seats. If you don't, give us a referral for someone who does. But we would really like to have a bidet sponsor, like legit. So um, yeah, if any of you, like not even kidding, listeners, if you know someone who works at a bidet company, hit us up for reals. Okay, number three, wine. Just the entire wine industry yes. should be sponsoring this podcast. 100%. Number four, chocolate. The entire chocolate industry should be sponsoring us and helping us manifest the creation and explosion of tuxedo chocolates taking over the world. This is exactly right. Uh, sure microphones. Yes. I mean, you're unofficially sponsoring this podcast because I got this microphone for my other job and you're sponsoring my other job. But listen, you could work with us too. Yes. Also, number five, Delta Airlines. We need to see each other in person. And we would really appreciate it if you could sponsor us with no less than four round trip tickets per year. Thank you. Ooh, okay. Katie, this is perfect. Okay, we want round trip tickets. We want to see each other. So I'll come to Bend, you'll come to Chicago. And then we have other trips where we go other places on location. We record on location. Yes, obviously. Yes, always. (laughs) And the Ritz-Carlton in Four Seasons, please duke it out because we are kind of, you know, tomato, tomato, ongoing where we're going to be staying when we see each other. Only the best. Well, you're keep, I don't have a count going. Mm. Yeah, I don't either. I think we're on seven, I think. Mm. I would love to be sponsored by the nail company that you get your nails from. I think it's called, literally called Impress or Impress On. Y'all, I've discovered drugstore press on nails and it's my new religion. I mean, I know none of you can see these except for me, but like for real, Karen, they're actually really beautiful. Every single week, I'm like, what color is she going to have on today? And how do they not look like they look perfect. They look, I mean, amazing. 
in person, they even look good. I have to say. And I bet they do. They look amazing. This week, I have matte white, which I love very much. Love. Um, perfect length, all of the things. And the pinkies do fall off, so I had to paint those. That's a whole long story. Um, Impress, yes. I'm, I'm going to take these off, and I have another set to put on. Thank you very much for noticing them, Katie. I love these. I love them. I feel like that is a good sponsor level. Where, do we have more? We might have more. I feel like there's I, a lot more. I was going to say something about eyeglasses because we both have yes. glasses and I feel like people should give them to us for when we become a video podcast, question mark. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Also, so glasses and then also like all video equipment and video producers and all of those things that <laughs> can see the potential in making a documentary series slash episodic television show about our lives. <laughs> We would love the sponsorship. Thank you. Ooh, okay. Another one. Um, a no we need a notebook manufacturer sponsor for all of our pie charts. We haven't done them Dude. recently, but I really enjoyed the pie charts and I feel like I went through a, like a big chunk of a notebook with them and somebody should sponsor us. I absolutely agree. Also pens. I would really yes. like um, some more pens and I have these Papermate. Uh, I'm actually holding it right now. These little like they're like marker pens, which are great. So Papermate, hit us up. Ooh, does Papermate make these? Ooh, Pilot makes my, my gel pens. Perfect. Pilot and yeah. Papermate, hit us up. We are clearly very open to <laughs> any sponsor opportunity. So thank you, Universe, for hearing us and for not sponsoring us, but hopefully giving us a ring any day now. Oh, my cat's doing some kind of gymnastics right now. <laughs> She's like, I have feelings too about evil people. I do. Yes. Check out my somersault. Exactly. <laughs> I am sticking this landing. Exactly. Oh, okay. So I love our topic today, Karen. And it was given to us by, it sounds like your friend, Amy. Thank you, Amy, if you're listening. Thank you, Amy. You are a genius. As you know, I can't wait to see you soon. Uh, yes. Okay. So Amy says something from last week made me want to suggest a quote, living your life on your schedule and quote discussion. <gasps> Amy, we love this. Love, love, love. You're hired as our project manager slash ideation queen. Thank you. I mean, Unpaid, no, but she, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> She'd be fucking amazing. She was probably, I'm like, trying to think of all of my editors at the AP, one of my favorites. Oh, that's so favorite. cool. Oh, I love that. Is she still at the AP? Oh no, we all got out. Oh, <laughs> I mean, but good for you, Amy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for you. Yeah. I love this topic. I mean, living your life on your own schedule. That's what it, that's what it was. Yes. Like, living your life on your schedule. <sighs> oh, so good. It's so good because it, is something that those of us who didn't work from home before that we are now discovering the magic of. And there are of course a lot of downsides to working from home and having no boundaries in your work life in your life life. But I think maybe it was, I wonder Amy, if it, what made you think of it is like Katie and I talking about like, I can wake up for my 9am meeting at 830. Yes. Yes. Or 859 in my case, but yes. <laughs> video off just that's pro tip but uh yeah i usually have the video on but lately there's one meeting that is at 8 30 in the morning on mondays which is a crime that is a crime and the video is off so i don't actually give a shit what i look like 8 30 a.m monday is choosing violence i think it we is can all agree it's a violent act hideous violent act i know the people who you know do that meeting are not listening to this pod so yeah, I have no love lost people, but yeah, I really love this, this, and I love talking about how it like relates to working from home. I think the thing that I went to though, Karen is like the macro living life on your schedule. Because I remember when I was a teenager, I would tell everyone my life plan, which PS, I forgot that I used to do this until my brother love him, but also hate that he remembers so many things about me when I was much younger that like, I, you know, he likes to remind me, which I'll, I'm not mad at him about it, frankly, but like, I think it's kind of sad and funny that I used to say to people that I had this whole plan. And I actually don't remember all of the markers, but I think 
when I was a teenager or like 12, maybe I would tell people that I was going to get married at 24, have my first kid at 27. I think my second kid at 28. Um, and then I, there was like, I was going to buy a house at one point. It was like, it was very like, I, I mean, it was like those moving walkways at the airport, like that. You're just not actually walking, but you're just standing there and like tick, 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 like your life is going by. And I didn't do any of that shit, obviously. And I've decided not to have children. And I am, you know, perfectly happy with my life decisions that are not at all on the same plan as like the Chase credit card commercials, which I don't know if you've seen those, but like in the past, I think it was like maybe five years ago, there was a Chase card commercial. It was like, we support you in your twenties. And then it shows like someone like in college, and then we support you in your thirties. And it's like someone who's married, of course, all heterosexual white couples. And we support someone in your thirties and they have three kids. And then we support someone in your forties and all of a sudden they're just fucking old. And it's like, (laughs) I think, (laughs) and then, and in your fifties, and then I don't think they even go beyond sixties. And I'm like, Oh, Chase doesn't do anything in your sixties. And also what? Like, come on, Chase, come on. I, I actually full disclosure do bank at Chase and I don't actually love the experience all the time. So I'm happy to just rat on them, but like that kind of like, stuff is real like that that those messages are so real and they don't have to be as explicit as a fucking chase credit card commercial hey, full disclosure not only do i bank with chase my mother worked for chase for 40 years oh so, shit yeah no let's talk shit about them okay oh so, <laughs> yeah no, a thousand percent i love that that's where your head went it's very interesting I think I'm like in the middle of an existential crisis. So I think that's really on brand. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, but that tracks. Yeah, Yeah, it tracks. (laughs) I wonder if I didn't go there. I mean, I think one of the reasons I, what I'm thinking through right now is like, I, once I figured out like, oh yeah, no, I'm totally a lesbian. I felt like all of that, like time, any kind of like timelines I had for my like romantic life or anything like that, like went out the window. Really? Like you were like, yeah. oh, I'm not like set to a standard anymore. Like people aren't going to be expecting certain things from me. Is that what you mean? And I didn't expect them of myself. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I didn't. I mean, I, when I came out, we couldn't, I couldn't even legally get married anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah, interesting. That's so interesting. Yeah. All of that programming though is a bunch of bullshit. Like that is just, it's so interesting how it like gets to you early, really early. Like it probably gets to you way earlier than we think it gets to you. Like, like it could be, I mean, you're seeing people all like you're taking in so many stimuli when you're, you know, pre like pre brain formation, I feel like, Oh God. But that's so interesting that you didn't have that expectation on yourself. Like that actually sounds really beautiful. I mean, if that was your experience, if it was a good experience for you. I think in general, it's been a good experience. I mean, (laughs) being a lesbian has been a good experience in general. I mean, I think like not, right? Like not having those weird societal expectations around that schedule has been great. And like knowing pretty early that I didn't want children and yeah. 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 I also just think it's like that. I wish I could go back to my 12 year old self that would tell my brother that timeline probably on the regular and go back to her and be like, just tap her on the shoulder and be like, Hey, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Like you can do whatever you want. And the likelihood of you not sticking to that pre, you know, the subscribe schedule, a scribe schedule that like, you know, banks want you to do and <laughs> all of like, all popular media will tell you is right is fine you can do whatever you want whenever you want yes yes yeah we don't um we don't really allow people to age well in this country which i yeah it's a whole other conversation huh so it's interesting because now i feel like we've forked this conversation has forked because i (laughs) was going to talk about like the beauty of getting up and logging in and, oh, I want to talk about that, Karen. I think that's an amazing conversation. Like if I have a meeting, if I have a meeting, if not, I go make tea and I feed the cats and I hang out and 
just getting to work on my own schedule, not being, <laughs> Katie's walking right now and it's giving me vertigo. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I had to let Lucy into my office. <laughs> We're all good. I'll never move again. I promise. Oh my God. <laughs> I, love, I love zoom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But yes, going, going to work on your own schedule is a beautiful thing. And also back to something that's very current right now that we were talking about before we press play. And I know we've talked about on the pod is like the fact that your schedule circadian, like your circadian rhythm you're realizing is normal. Thank you. New York times for figuring out that like, it's okay to have, you know, times where you wake up in the middle of the night. Yeah. And, and to make peace with it and to not fight it and to not be so worried about it and to let go of the stress of it. But I can only do that, of course, because I don't have to commute. Yes. I don't have to get up at six o'clock in the morning and try to be in an office by 830 on a Monday morning. Yes. Yes. Which is amazing. And that is a beautiful byproduct of the pandemic. I hate to say, but it's true. Like for so many people, their lives have completely shifted and like, it's going to be remote forever which I mean, I don't know. Some people don't, don't appreciate that and that's okay. But like, I, I love it. I love it too. Yeah. I, I like, I love it. And I am excited about having the option to go in that it's not a requirement. Like I think, so the reader in my day job where we have a, um, an arrangement coming out with a co-working space Ooh. or not even one co-working space with a co-working company. I won't okay. give too many details away, but I will just say that we will soon have the option to go into different co-working spaces if we want to, which I love. Like it's the option I feel like is important. The having to go in or having to be at home, I think it's what's rough. I totally agree with you. I think that that's so rough. I was having a conversation with Tyler last night about how he is really struggling to, because he's never worked from home permanently. Like it's like, I mean, well, he did every once in a while, but really hardly ever pre COVID. And now it's hundred percent. And so he was talking about how he's really struggling with his productivity sometimes because he just feels so distracted. And it's not like he's distracted by the laundry or distracted by taking Lucy out or whatever. It's more that he's like distracted just by being home period. It's like, just, he's around his own shit. And it's like, there's, I don't know, like he just, he's distracted by Slack and all this stuff. And I mentioned it to him. I said, you know, what, what do you think about trying a coffee shop tomorrow? Because like we live being in bend, like we're nowhere near our offices. And so like he went to a coffee shop today and he was like, it was so helpful. I was so productive. And I was like, interesting. I think you just need to change it up. It's like what you're saying, like the hybrid model, I think is the future of work for sure. Yeah. For people who are lucky enough to have that. Absolutely. Yeah. I love the option. I mean, I used to love my coworking space because I felt like if I want, oh, cat. Oh, no. okay. So Karen's cat, Karen's cat is uh, climbing the wall, literally climbing the wall. There's nothing on the wall, but she's just climbing it behind us. It's, it's a good, it's a good show. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> are you okay? What's going on? Oh God. Okay. <laughs> I heard her. <laughs> she's like, I'm, I'm in a meditative state, mom. Like this is my interpretive dance. Like I'm in a creation mode. Leave me oh, be. God. I don't even know. Okay. That was so distracting. I don't even know what I was saying. Ooh, hello, everyone. <laughs> I mean, I love the idea of talking about like how to, I also love the idea to take this away from um, the existential crisis level and like think of it more in like the immediate, because that's much better for my mental health. So thank you for taking me in that direction. And like, I feel like there is something to be said for doing stuff on your own schedule that isn't prescribed by anybody. Like if you feel like having waffles for dinner, do it, do it. Don't feel bad about it. You don't have to be like hashtag weirdness. I know I'm like super strange. No, you're not. You just want waffles. It doesn't matter that it's 7 PM, whatever you do you. And like the same goes for pretty much everything. I mean, they're just, you make up your own rules about your own damn life. You're adult humans. Some of us are adult humans and some of us are baby humans, but yes. True. And I love the idea. Like I work with people now who, when we were in the office, we were supposed to be in at 10 and leave by six. And I work with people now who log on at 7am because yeah. that's when they're right. You know what I mean? Like that's when they feel most productive and that's when they feel like working and they get their jobs done between seven and three. And I mean, for all I know, they're working a second job, but 
they are able to like <laughs> make their work schedule work when, when, when work when it works for them. Yes. Which I think all work should be. I completely agree with that. Cause it's so like, everyone's brain works differently. Like yes. we're not, I mean, it really does. Like, it's like for people who want to work at 7am, that's great. Like some people want to work at 2am and they get their best work done between like two and 4am and, you know, telling other people that people, you know, the people that are on the receiving side of that comment might be like, oh my gosh, that's so horrible but it might not be at all for them. Like then the, at, at 4 PM at 4 PM, instead of AM, they might be out living their best life, like eating waffles, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like I might have a waffle tonight. Just saying. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't actually know if I have any waffle mix. Damn. I might need to go to the store. It's okay. Anyway. But, um, but yeah, I think it's really interesting to kind of think about like when things are right for you. And when, like, I remember, being an editor at this travel magazine eons ago in San Francisco. And we had to be, it was so prescribed. Like it was like at the office at nine leave at six 30, really. Like it was kind of this like competitive vibe where it was like, everyone was trying to one up workaholic themselves against each other, not correct verb tense, but whatever. Anyway, like the thing is, is I started just when I finally got to the place where I was like, Oh, I'm moving on. I'm going somewhere else. I'm doing doing something else. I was like, I don't give a shit. And so I started coming in at like 10 30 and leaving at like four 45. And I remember my boss coming into my office one day and he's like, yeah, you can't do that. Like you need to be here before 10, like you need to be here by nine. He's like, that's, I think he actually used the word unacceptable, which he was like the most chill boss I've ever had. And I was like, okay, noted, got it. But like, there's me trying to get to the bus that I would take to my downtown San Francisco office. And I was supposed to be there at nine o'clock and I would be taking the last possible bus at like eight 43, which would get me there at like nine Oh six, which maybe if he was getting a coffee, he wouldn't notice that I was. And then I would be sitting in my office pretending I was there six minutes prior that is just crap. Like that's so Ugh. stressful and also had nothing to do with my work product at all. Zero. I hate that shit so hard. I hate it. I do too. Why do you need to inflict that much control over somebody? Totally. Totally. Especially if it's like a job where it's deliverables based, it's like right. you, I mean, really like that's all that really matters. Like, it's like, are you doing your work? Cool. But then it's also like, well, you know, people think that other people are going to abuse it. Well, how do you know they're abusing it that they don't get their fucking deadlines done? Okay. Then, then fire them. (laughs) How is this hard? Like this doesn't seem difficult. Anyway, I obviously have a lot of feelings about something that happened like 15 years ago. I didn't realize that that was a wound, but now I know. (laughs) Yeah. Feelings about our thoughts, about our feelings, about our thoughts. I have the same thing. I, really do appreciate the last two years for that being able to mostly work on my own time i know i've talked about my nope meeting at 9 a.m oh yeah like, and blocking off different times on my schedule where i just have like i blocked off today as admin time good for you no meetings i just need to get some shit done like by myself with no interruptions i mean of course that didn't really happen but just felt really good to be able to do that. And it's not something that you could do that I could have done in an office. Yes. Before. Totally. Because people would be knocking on your door or come into your cubicle and be like, Karen, Karen, Karen. And now you can just minimize Slack. <laughs> sort of. I actually don't know how to do that exactly, but Slack just finds you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that little like knocking sound yes in sleep oh. in your sleep i know for real oh gosh for those of you who don't know what slack is slack is a the instant messenger of today that's just the easiest way of saying it but with devil horns in my opinion i have a love-hate relationship with slack i mean it's how i keep in touch with my team all day yeah various teams all day but oh yeah it's, it's great if you want to reach someone immediately and it's not great if you don't want to be reached immediately. <laughs> Perfectly put. That is it. Exactly. Yes. Thank you. Oh. But yes, I love the idea of having your own schedule. And also like, I think there's something to be said for, you know, every once in a while I'll feel if there's a really nice day in Bend 
and it's a Saturday, it's like beautiful and sunny and maybe it's the summer and it's warm. I will. And I don't feel like going outside. I just feel like sitting on my couch and watching Netflix. There's a level of like guilt that I feel sometimes in that scenario. And then when it rains, it's on a Saturday. I'm like, this is the best day of my entire life because I don't have to be guilty about watching six hours of YouTube videos. And the the truth is, is like, I shouldn't feel guilty or I I want to give myself the permission to not feel guilty, to do things on my own schedule, no matter what. I have that so hard, especially in Chicago where winter is nine months of the year. Yes. Yeah. Like any nice day, like it was 60 degrees here this Wednesday. Wow. Really? Oh my God. In March. In March, it was 60 degrees for like a chunk of the day. And then the temperature drops and it was like a beat down. But oh. there was this sense of like, I looked down and I was like, I have to go outside right now. Yeah. It is my moral obligation. Yes, exactly. <laughs> As a Midwesterner on a 60 degree day in March, I have to, I actually have to go outside. Yes. I totally get it. I am also so excited sometimes when it's shitty outside on a weekend because it's like, oh, it's like the best. It really is. And then unless you're really not in the mood for shitty weather and then it's like, damn it, the universe is screwing me. But I mean, the thing is, is that like, I don't know. I I just think it's, it's nice to just do things on your own time, no matter what it is. I will give you an example. So today not having a good day at all. I didn't really sleep much last night. And so I didn't have any meetings today, which was shocking. Like that is not a thing in my life right now. And I, but I did have stuff that I had to do. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just take the, the morning really, really slow. And at nine 15, I took a bath. Oh, like I did. Best. That is the best. I mean, that said it was nice, but I had my phone next to me thinking like, how long is the acceptable length of time for a bath? <laughs> on a Friday morning, on a day that I'm getting paid and I have, I'm supposed to be on Slack basically. And, uh, you know, like, and what if people are pinging me and I'm not getting it. And I was like, fuck it, fuck it. Like, I'm like singing to myself. I don't give a shit. And then I sat down at my computer and it was like 10 25 and I had missed nothing and it was fine. It really was. And so it's like, I just gave myself the permission. Oh, I love this. I love the bath at 9.15. I also sometimes, I do the exact same thing. Really? Like where I'm not, yes. Like where I have this anxiety. Like if I go to the grocery store in the middle of the day. Yes, exactly. Right? Like I have this like, oh shit, I'm missing something. And as you were talking, I was thinking like, I mean, you could have been having stomach cramps for that 45 minutes. You could have been like, there are a lot of reasons that people are away from their computers that are like more acceptable, quote unquote, than like, I just needed a fucking minute. So I feel like, yeah, I'm just, the next time I feel weird about that, I thankfully am not in the work situation where anybody would say anything to me, but like, I just feel like you should be like, oh, I was bleeding like a stuck pig. I'm sorry. I just, I just stepped away. <laughs> totally. Oh my God. I love that. Then they would be like, I'm never asking you anything again. Like, did I tell you, was this the last episode? I, don't, I think I was telling you about like the fact that like, like there's a person in my life who hit one of his coworkers couldn't come to work one day. This is years and years ago. And then she emailed the entire team that she had explosive diarrhea. And it was like, dude, you do you like, don't ever say that. Like, like that's, I mean, also that is so acceptable because really no one's ever going to say anything. Like if I'm just like, yeah, I have horrible menstrual cramps. People will be like, I'm sorry. Um, but if I'm like, oh no, I'm just taking a bath. Cause I don't give a shit. Then it's like, <laughs> there's a different, there's a different level. Okay. But here's, this is funny because exactly what you're saying, <laughs> exactly what you're saying, Karen is what I thought this morning. I seriously was in the bath and I was like, Okay. I'm like, if someone says anything, which they didn't, and I don't actually think they would because I work thankfully with nice humans, but if they did say something, I could just say like, I wasn't feeling well this morning. Like sickness is like, especially now is like completely acceptable. (laughs) I'm sorry. I I am reeling. (laughs) Oh, I was, oh, you were trying to get a hold of me. I'm sorry. I was in the bathtub because I don't give a fuck about (laughs) it. Exactly. That's what I want to send on Slack. Full, full, full transparency. I was taking a bath at 9.15. I seriously think that my team would be like, uh, we have to have a conversation about that. Like that's oh my <laughs> right. <God. laughs> 
oh, if only we could be our, tr- our full selves, Karen, all the time, like our full unabashed selves work people. If you're listening, that's what happened this morning. So don't fire me, please. Oh my God. <laughs> I, ooh, please don't fire Katie. I, I feel like confident in saying other than the deadline days I have, you know, I put out a print product every other week. Yeah. Those deadlines are pretty firm, but other than that, we have a pretty flexible schedule and that people can work when they, when work, like I said, can work when works for them. And I think we are having various crises at work right now. And I think has once again surfaced the way it did in 2020, the idea of the mental health day, which we did a whole podcast about, but people are being very transparent about, I am not okay today and I need to take some time. Yeah. For sure. And the more people say it, the more it gives permission to other people to say it and to feel it and to experience it and to realize like, I'm not going to walk it off. I'm not going to push through it. I'm going to give myself a ton of fucking grace and go take a bath and not sit here in front of this. I call it my murder machine, not in front of my computer. Seriously. I love that. Thank you for bringing up the mental health today. That's so real. And I think that that does need to be normalized. And that needs to be like just that, that sentence, like, Hey, Hey everybody, I'm going to get my work done, but it's not going to be today. And yep, no one is going to die because I'm not getting my work done. Like I'm not an emergency room doctor. Like I have to remember that I had a conversation with someone today or not today. It was earlier this week at work. And thankfully, like the people I work with are very compassionate. And I said to him, I was a one-on-one meeting and I said, Hey, I'm actually struggling. Like for real, like I'm not doing that great. And he was like, okay. He's like, I know I'm not supposed to say this, but just so you know, like we're not saving lives. Like it's okay for you to take time. And I was like, that's so kind. Like, that's really kind. And it's especially for, from someone who's, you know, above me in the hierarchy. Like, it's like, I appreciate that. And I think that that just needs to be normalized. It shouldn't be so shocking for a boss to say that, like, it should be okay to just take a mental health day. And frankly, I don't think that mental health days should be counted. Like they should not be the same as PTO. Like that's my opinion. Like, I feel like it discourages people and it makes it so that unless you're in dire straits, you're not taking a mental health day. And that's dangerous. Mental health is health. Yes. A bad mental health day is a sick day. Yes. And we don't think of it that way. I really appreciate that that person said that to you because I know that's not necessarily the dominant culture. Totally, totally. Especially in that industry. And I wish more people were like that. And I just keep thinking like, this is late stage capitalism. This is what it looks like. You just work yourself to death no matter what. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And for fucking what? For what? Yes. <laughs> yes, I uh, I know I haven't outed my employer on this podcast and I'm probably not going to at the moment, but I do have someone that I have been working with lately who this person was on medical leave for a few months. She's okay, but she came back and I had never met her. Actually, I had started on this team new and I have, she's so delightful, such a nice person. And I was on a call with her this week and she had all these dogs running around. And I was like, those are the cutest dogs. Like you have such cute dogs. And she's like, oh, while I was on leave, I started becoming a dog sitter. And now I have all these dogs at my house and it's like the best thing ever. It really like calms my anxiety. And I was like, that's so interesting. I was like, that's, and she's like, yeah. So, cause she's now quitting. Like she's done, she's quitting in a, in a week. And oh, wow. so she's like back after her medical leave and she's, she's not going to go away. And I was like, that's so interesting. I'm like, it must be really fun to not be looking at a computer all day. In, and I'm not saying that I'm ungrateful for the job that I have or anything like that, because I am grateful, but it is interesting to like, I asked her, I said, you know, you're, you're not on zoom all day. Like you're actually doing something physical. Like you're petting an unconditionally loving animal. Like that sounds pretty awesome actually. And she's like, yeah, it is actually really, really awesome. And I was like, it sounds like you're doing something real. And she's like, yeah, the stuff that we do on zoom isn't exactly real. And I was like, I didn't mean it like that. She's like, no, I did. And I was like, (laughs) Oh, (laughs) and I was like, I love you. Like, I was like, that's, that's just the truth. Yeah. It's like a good wake up call. Yeah. Maybe I should be a dog walker. I actually think it'd be fun. I, I have a friend whose sister does Rover. Really? And loves it. Yeah. She always has different dogs. They always have different dogs in their house. It's so fun. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. 
I always, I thought about it. Like I remember being in San Francisco and I didn't even know what a dog walker was before I moved to San Francisco. Cause I lived small town in Michigan. Like maybe there are dog walkers, but like going into San Francisco, you can see people, they are doing this absolutely full time, definitely making potentially multiple six figures doing it. And they have like four or five dogs on each arm, but like perfectly like, you know, sectioned out. They're like perfect. And I'm like, this is intense. Like, this is a whole, like, it's like, it's like a mafia that like kind of goes around. And I'm like, this is so interesting. But the thing is, is that now having Lucy, like, I know that like, if anything happened to her on the watch of a dog walker, which we don't have a dog walker, but I'm just like, yeah, that would not be fun. Like if something happened, like, I think that the, the liability and risk of being a dog walker would be really anxiety inducing for me. I think like, I just don't know if I could do it with my personality. Hala is hollering big time. She has feelings about dog walking. She's like, why are you not talking about cats? A lot of feelings about dog walking and (laughs) wants you to remember about cat sitting. And I don't, again, is chasing some kind of ghost behind me (laughs) is chasing something only she can see. And has a lot of very vocal feelings about it. Oh, what are you doing? Okay, great. She's on the hunt. I know. Well, now I'm afraid that like, it's something only she can see because I can't see it yet. Oh, (laughs) that's what I'm like. Oh, great. Great. A little gnat. Hopefully not something bigger. What? (laughs) But, But dog walking, yes, could be my future. Who knows? or for just a little while maybe who knows right exactly maybe like one at a time anyway sidebar on dog walking but I do love the idea of creating our own schedules and living by them and not being there's nothing like society doesn't have to dictate what we do is what I think is the moral of the story here yes and that your work life should fit around your actual life and not the other way around yes I love that. I absolutely love that. But thank you for talking to me today, Karen. It's so nice to catch up. Thank you for fishing me out of the gutter uh, for the uh, 65th millionth time. Um, So I really appreciate that. And I hope everyone has a wonderful week and we will see you in a week.